0: Thanks for joining us for Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together.
1: The first and third Wednesday of each month, we'll drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life.
0: I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and I've been trying to reach you to discuss an extended warranty on your car or... Was it your student loans? Either way, call me back.
1: And I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, whose 1970 Panasonic Transistor Radio Still Works.
0: Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Impressive. On today's show, we discuss marketing, who you are, not just what you do, and have a conversation with a millennial IRL. That's in real life.
1: Then at the end of the episode, we're going to test our knowledge when it comes to generational slang. So, without further ado, let's get started with episode four of Couples Inc.
2: For our
0: big topic on this episode, we wanted to talk about the importance of marketing who you are, not just what you do or what you make or the service you provide. Uh, something that is more, I guess, about your you as opposed to the product. And one way we thought to organize our thoughts around this, because it's a pretty big topic, is to use the traditional who, what, why, when, where, and how.
1: Ah, the old journalism
0: model. Exactly. Although I think I have it in the wrong order, but for our business, it works this way better for our list.
1: It's not exactly an acronym, so it's mostly Ws. I think you can probably...
0: switch Switch those around yeah
1: it doesn't you're not going to get i don't want to get in trouble with anybody
0: for having them in the wrong order but you're right they're all w's except for the how yeah and you'd think they would have come up with something else yeah maybe
1: there probably is
0: huh we'll figure it out so let's start out with the first one the who and what okay Mm -hmm. so this could be anything you could be a small or local business that's who you are you may be a restaurant you may provide great food but you might want to talk about the fact that you're a local company and local owners and this could be something you really hang your hat on
1: yeah in that way i think you kind of have to separate those two for a second
0: that's true that's true when
1: you're initially doing this if this is your first time to try to do what you are who you are you kind of separate them a little bit, refine it, and then sort of bring it back together.
0: Right. So you gotta, you've got you got to identify, because your company and your brand, you've got to identify it is what you do. You mm-hmm. have to identify that. And then for who you are, you might need to look and say, okay, what are my values? Am I really big on the environment? So could we market ourselves as a green company right or personally are you a veteran are you a woman a minority there are categories that you can uh, focus on there are groups you can join or networking opportunities so you do have to kind of and then you combine the two and then that becomes your company dna in a way
1: those are kind of attributes that Mm -hmm. you can use to maybe to your advantage certainly Uh, maybe for, like you said, networking or, uh, trying to get into a group, uh, that Mm -hmm. may be beneficial to your business, but they're not necessarily who you are. It's, it's almost like they're part of you, but they're not part of you in this case.
0: Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So this is only part of the, who you are story.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Okay. that's what I'm saying.
0: So yeah, you, maybe you do have to dig deeper. When you think of, so I'm thinking more attributes. So mm. like veteran-owned business, I you can gotcha. have a badge, uh, or minority-owned business, or the fact that some people like to work with companies that stand for certain things mm-hmm. or represent certain things. Um, so again, like I said, if you're a green company, very sustainable, or a small business or a local business, you might have your customers who seek you out So while it is an attribute, it is part of who you are. So tell me what you're thinking about when it comes to the other aspect of who you are. That gets more personal, Okay, I think,
1: in in the meaning that I'm trying to put here. And it's like you, let's say that it's your business. You know who you are and what led up to this particular time for you in your career and in your life. This is the stage that you're on. And... You'll have a good idea of who you are based on that because it's your story.
0: I see where. Okay, so this is interesting because we didn't, we try not to talk too much about the topic before we get on yeah, the podcast. I don't, I don't so I've I've it's all Yeah, I talked to you in a couple of weeks, have I? No, we, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know if you remember me or episode. not. Um, <laughs> right. um, but it is, it is, it's a different perspective because when I came in thinking, okay, we're going to talk about who you are, I'm totally thinking labels. And you're thinking your story. So our identities in some ways, as small business owners particularly, are very much tied to the company and vice versa.
1: I don't think you can help it.
0: Yeah, it is. you you become associated with that. And that's where you do have to watch that um, if you are so associated with your business, you might need to set boundaries in terms of, your social like how much you put of yourself out there that is tied to your business because you know you may want your business to grow beyond you or you may be a private person you just want to have a successful business so it is it's a balancing act of like how it's much it's a blend It's a blend. yeah that's right how do you how much do you do you reveal i think that in terms of this part of what we're talking about i think it does come to there's attribution there's telling your story and there's also knowing how much you want to put out there Absolutely. Um, yeah we don't mind talking about the cancer story but other people may not want to share their personal and then you have to think about how much do you want to share uh, and be comfortable with it and then when you do know we're going to talk about how you how you promote that next uh-huh. so once you decided who you know what who and what you want to present to the world and the boundaries that you want to set Let's talk about why is it important.
1: I wanted to share this with you real quick. Forbes, on their website, Forbes.com, and there's a link in our...
0: In our show notes.
1: Show notes, yeah. forgot what those
0: were called.
1: (laughs) Uh, This cites a study that says when a brand or company has a strong non-business related purpose, Mm -hmm. consumers are four times more likely to buy from the brand 4.1 4.1 times more likely to trust that brand and 4.5 times more likely to recommend the brand to other people. Hmm. And in addition to that, I mean, there, there, there's all kinds of stuff that you can mine from that and that we could riff on, but I want to point this out too. Okay. Sprout Social surveyed more than 1,000 consumers and found that 70% of the respondents felt more connected to a brand when the company's CEO is active on social media platforms. Seventy-two percent of those consumers felt more connected when the brand's employees shared info about the brand on social media.
0: This kind of ties in, yeah, a little bit perfectly about, you know, you aren't just what you do, it's who you are. So you the fact that you can connect with a brand or a business these days, it's just weird. You can have a relationship with a company. You could feel much more connected to something than you ever did or sure. you ever could in the past.
1: Yeah, and if the brand executes that right, then it mm-hmm. can be a long and fruitful relationship for both sides. It's, yeah. a, it's a win-win, really. And I was thinking about this, and I looked at the buying experience of past generations. The old model seemed to be you would stop at a business that was in your path. Let's say that you're going out and you're running errands and you need to pick up this and that. You've got an entire list. We're well, going to stop at the stores that were commonly known to you mm-hmm. that were in your loop so to speak and that you trusted that way because you it was just like habit right. it was just something that you'd done for a long long time maybe years and very seldom deviate from that path usually at that time convenience was king mm-hmm. and it's still an important factor
0: right it, it can be uh, particularly for busy busy families
1: yeah but it took a lot of times it took something really bad for you to separate from those businesses to mm-hmm. interrupt that convenience cycle so if if something really bad happened let's say the owner murdered somebody that, which that, i know that got dark
0: really quick well i know you love murder <laughs> mysteries and, i do love murder or the, mysteries the owner
1: thought he murdered somebody
0: right and then that's when you bring in the amateur sleuth who also open owns the neighborhood coffee shop to solve cue, it cue the joadster exactly i'm mom I'm, I'm with you now. I see it. I but see But those
1: it. events in, in those days, mm-hmm. up until, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, were usually unheard about.
0: I think, you know, what you're, you're so you're saying that, well, there are a couple of factors. One, it's convenient because you see it on your way and that kind of thing. And you might not even know about something else like you can now. You yeah. can do, you know, ask your phone to find any place in the, in the city that you want of a particular thing. Yeah. And, and bad experiences get shared more often. Is that what you're saying now? Mm Exactly. That's,
1: oh, look at you reading my mind. Uh, Yeah. The new model Mm -hmm. that is the opposite of this in many ways, you seek out companies who offer a more full and a more dynamic immersion with the people who are their customers. They have purpose and the convenience is no longer the top concern that it once was.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I, there are places that I go on such a regular basis that they recognize me and I like that and we have a conversation and it may not be convenient to me, but I feel like I have a connection and a relationship with them and I like what they stand for. Um, so yeah, it's it's very different than say the way our parents um, shopped. I mean, they may have learned about something from a neighbor or traditional advertising, but now with social media and just the vast amount of apps that are out there to find things it's you can seek out who you want to do business with more than just you know falling into a trap of convenience we've got the who and the what and the why well when do you do this when do you talk about this when's the appropriate time to talk about it
1: you talk about it at the appropriate time
0: that's the appropriate that was very circular the appropriate time to talk about it is the appropriate time. First of all, you could say all the time. You know, it could be something that you you try to be authentic every time you post on social. You reveal more about yourself whenever, you know, possible. There might also be times when it's important to be part of the conversation when things are trending, when uh, there's like a timely factor. For example, um, coming up will be the American Express Small Business Saturday. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Every Saturday after Thanksgiving, for I don't know how many years they've done this, um, they have really kind of tried to help small businesses promote themselves. Well, that's a perfect time to join the conversation and let people know you're a small business. Um, Actually, when I was looking up potential times you might do this, there's a national day or holiday for pretty much almost anything. Yeah, March 29th is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. Well, hello. I mean... That's a lot of us couples in business are the modern version of the mom and pop shop. Um, so, that's a way to celebrate Earth Day if you're a sustainable company, Veterans Day. Um, you know, if you are a veteran owned business, you can, you know, celebrate the fact that you are a veteran owned business and celebrate and honor those who've served. So, you can maybe find a timely moment, you can do it all the time. When you do this, is kind of part of your marketing plan, and it should feel authentic. Don't just suddenly do something. Let it be true to your brand and who you are. But if you really want to tout your local business, do it all the time, but maybe make an emphasis on the um, Small Business Saturday.
1: Yeah. It's kind of ironic. And this is the second irony I'll point out in all of this is that American Express, which is a very big company, is marketing this plan to help small businesses. Right. But I think that they're not just trying to edge into uh, the small business phenomenon for their own gain. There is that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I think they also recognize that this is something that's important and will continue to grow in importance. And they've done a good job of being oh at the gosh, forefront yeah. of it. Oh,
0: my yeah. I think it's a brilliant uh, PR strategy, really, because you're right. There is a gain for them because... A lot of these small businesses have a choice as to whether or not they're going to accept credit cards, and American Express wants to be part of that. Um, but also, they they know the economy is fueled by small businesses.
1: And if you're listening, American Express, we'd be glad to have you partner with us on this podcast. We are hyper local.
0: We are hyper hyper local, and I, that's another factor about uh, you know again who you are. Yes, marketing. Public relations, advertising, but we've narrowed it down even more to say we're very hyper local because we're very strong supporters of local business, mm-hmm. and um, and we like being able to work with the owners of the businesses. Yeah, there's
1: no substitute for that.
0: Yeah, so that's how else you know we also identify ourselves. All right, let's talk about the where and the how.
1: And I was looking at this just a second ago, and an anecdote kind of popped in my head. You know, when I buy equipment Mm -hmm. for the podcast or computer equipment or any of that sort of thing, I try to shop local, but I do it kind of in reverse. A lot of people will go into a store that's close to them and brick and mortar the situation, try to get an idea, whatever the product they're after, what it looks like, what it feels like, how it might fit their needs or not, and then try to go online and beat the price they saw in the store. Okay. What I try to do is look online for the product that I need and then contact the local businesses to see if they have that or if they can get it.
0: Ooh, look at you reversing it. Yeah. Reverse engineering. Flip it. Flip the script. Flip That's the script. What I call it. You are flipping the script. I love that. That's great. If you are a local business, let people know. There are groups you can join to help cross promote with each other and network. And so that goes to like where and how can you join an organization that is a local grassroots organization that helps cross promote with each other
1: yeah they're everywhere
0: mm-hmm. um, can you do it on social media can you do it in stores um local media doing some story with them i mean there are a lot of places where the you know the where and how category that you can tell your story
1: on this segment of the podcast we're doing ask a millennial and we have an actual, real, live millennial today joining us from the wild. From the well, maybe from the tame. Who knows? <laughs> it's Catherine. Hi, Catherine.
0: Hello. And she is a millennial because she was born in the eighties, late. Let's say late eighties, yeah. uh, late eighties. We won't reveal the age because um, that's just you know, it's rude. It's rude. It's yeah. just rude. But anyway, we we asked Catherine to be here because we are. I'm Generation X. Glenn is a boomer. boomer. He's a very late, like young boomer, very young boomer. A hip one. A hip boomer. We wanted to talk about collaboration and networking.
1: Ideally, your uh, perfect collaboration scenario for the way that you work, what would it be?
2: People who are around my age and, and in my generation are more open to... A fluid meetup so instead of oh yes I'll send you my business card and you know we can talk and um, we just like to meet people more organically um, through friends through you know if it's a co-worker um, I'm in an interesting position because I work from a co-working studio and that has opened up a lot of doors for me the, the idea of networking, especially for millennials, is, is shifting to more of let's have a relationship first and I just want to get to know you as a person more than, you know, I'm definitely interested in what you do because that's a part of you. But I don't, I've never been to a networking like a professional networking event where I felt fully comfortable
1: when you say that there's not the business card oriented uh, I guess uh, effort to, to network like that or go to a networking event and you want it to be organic tell us a little bit about how that works
2: I think you know with less like of course we still have business cards But now we're focusing more on social media. (laughs) Uh, So instead of necessarily giving a business card, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, "Um, What's your Instagram? You know, and they want to see. How like I think especially with Instagram, like, what's your vibe, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, which seems kind of funny. But it, again, it's like it's a different way of knowing someone, you know, like, do they like to eat out locally? You know, like, are they a foodie? Are you more into hiking? Nature lover? You know, what kind of person are you? So it
1: goes more into a curated depth.
2: Than yeah. a business
1: card or any piece of paper or a two minute uh, elevator speech. Sure, way. it's sure.
0: not necessarily. Yeah. No, it's not only what you do, but who you are. Yeah. When you choose who you want to collaborate with or work with, we know that the idea of working for one company for twenty years, forty years, which our our parents probably did, is long gone. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the millennial the comfort zone for millennials is to maybe dabble a little bit? Like, for instance, people listening to this podcast might be in the position to hire. But maybe this is, they should be looking at, can we come up with an agreement that is more of a contract situation so that there's some flexibility? Or do you think millennials still want the security
2: of that job? It's twofold, I think. I think that we want to be invested in from companies. Um, I know that that's always, you know, there's, there's a huge thing about benefits, but there's also... How are they going to pour into me? That was something that I was always looking for. Um, You know, are there conferences that I can attend that the company will pay for? Are there trainings that uh, will be available, workshops, you know? And and within those things, you have those networking opportunities. So, you know, it's, it's a thing where it's like, okay, if I'm going to invest my time and my strengths and my work... How is the company going to meet me there? And I think one of the big things also is the focus on mental health has shifted. And there are so many conversations surrounding that. And, you know, I think for a lot of people in my generation, we're just, we, like I said, we're anti-burnout. You know, like if something is taking too much of your soul (laughs) as some of us like to say you know like it's just not worth it
0: Catherine if you had sort of a I don't know bottom line to sum it up with collaborating with or working with millennials what is something people need to keep in mind um, as they're doing
2: it be open-minded since some of us have you know in in a sense job hopped we have a lot of different experiences and we understand and like you said have that self-awareness of our strengths and you know I think that one of those is being flexible um, because as we've grown up I mean I remember sitting in our living room with a computer that, was I mean this gray box and it only had one game on it and if you wanted to get on the internet you had to get off of the phone someone could not use the phone and so to see like from that to where we are now you know that takes a lot of understanding and flexibility and we're still on the the precipice of learning those new technologies and so I think One of the things that millennials really bring to the table is, is that ability to, you know, work with a lot of different people because especially in technology, just being flexible and and being open-minded and creative, I think that millennials have a lot of those good qualities. And so I would, I would just say, be open to what they have to say. The
1: first generation of digital natives. Yeah. The millennials.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) course you can complain all you want about your one game <laughs> try being a general Xer, where the I, only yes. computer game was the oregon trail and everyone dies of dysentery <laughs> everyone dies yeah. of dysentery i didn't even know what dysentery was right but i, I guess that was the point is to teach me Yet. what dysentery was
1: that was a not a game when i was a kid
0: so that was life we, we really did you were on the oregon <laughs> trail literally you're you're a child at the time you were there and Saw a lot of your people die of dysentery <laughs> with
2: mules and all that good stuff. Yeah.
1: It's time for generational slang.
0: Once again, here are your hosts, Jody and Glenn. Uh, okay, did we blow our budget? Man, of,
1: I meant to tell you about production. That. The, the, <laughs> the voice actor that we hired for that, the the inimitable Tom Brannan, mm-hmm. uh, drew a line. At this particular activity, <laughs> so we're not allowed to use his his voice for this.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: You want to go first or you want me to? Uh,
0: okay, so first let's set up the scene. Oh, okay. This podcast features a baby boomer. That's you. I am a Gen Xer. We just talked to a millennial. And so it got us thinking, what do we know about generational slang? It's sort of something that identifies... A group of people um, is, the, is the slang, the, the terms, the phrases they use. Well, we decided to test our knowledge. And instead of using, like, I wouldn't use Gen X and he wouldn't use Baby Boomer because it's too close. We would no. know those. Yeah. We decided instead Glenn would tackle slang from the greatest generation. Yeah,
1: meaning the generation who were born pretty much between the two world wars, went through the Great Depression, World War II. And all of the other stuff, the space race mm-hmm. and its nastiness.
0: A lot of history there. Yeah. And I took Gen Z or what people are calling Zoomers. Those are like the kids today. Oh. Um, in fact, my nieces, I think one of them is a Z and one maybe the next, whatever that is. But we'll go basically say they're, they're in there and they're like... 10 and 12 but we're talking teenagers maybe early college but these are the zoomers kind of a play on boomers and it made sense because almost all of them were taking classes on zoom so i will take gen z terms all right you take greatest generation and we'll see if we can guess what the person's talking about right. so do you want to do yours first or do you want to take turns how do you want to do it
1: i'm going to go first all right because you know the eldest goes first <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. with the greatest generation. So, okay, my first slang term mm-hmm. for the greatest generation is Chicago overcoat.
0: Chicago overcoat.
1: Chicago overcoat.
0: Could you please use it in a sentence? What were
1: <laughs> yes, this is a spelling bee, it's like a spelling bee, yeah.
0: Yeah, use it in a sentence.
1: He was fitted with a Chicago overcoat.
0: Oh, gangster related, right? Well,
1: it could be. Could uh, be. But.
0: Uh, Oh, I don't know. That's
1: that's a good guess.
0: Yeah, I was thinking.
1: Uh, It's a coffin.
0: Oh, (laughs) that again got dark really quick. (laughs) Well,
1: they're not all like this. Okay, good. But they were obsessed with death and didn't really know it. They weren't as self-aware back then, I don't think.
0: Maybe they, yeah, they weren't having fun and they weren't pop culture-y. They were just like, uh, can we survive? sandwich and a cup
1: of coffee and <laughs> give me another world war to go. Right.
0: There's, they had a lot, they, they've been through some things. So they, you know, so, okay, give me another one. No, it's your turn. Oh, okay. I'll do. Okay. So this term, no cap or capping.
1: Is it like a, a rule? The 57th commandment? the 57th
0: no, um, no cap. I, I'm never capping.
1: No cap or capping.
0: I'm never capping.
1: Never capping. When I
0: talk to you, I'm never capping.
1: Uh, is it lying? Yes. Okay. Yes,
0: It's another word for lie. Saying no cap means that you aren't lying, or if you say someone is capping, you're saying they are lying.
1: What is it? Why is that?
0: I have no lie? idea, of, like the origination of that. I Give don't... me the
1: entomology, please.
0: Exactly. I don't. I don't know where that is. What you know. Okay, all right, going back to the Great Depression years a Cadillac a Cadillac and I'm going with the obvious it's not a car
1: no okay. not in this use.
0: um I have no idea. is it a drink
1: it you're you're on the right track. it is an ounce of cocaine or heroin. Oh, yeah. Apparently those were, and I guess still are, expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they called them Cadillacs because Cadillacs have always been kind of expensive.
0: But wait, weren't they also like regular medicine?
1: Well, heroin was at the turn of the 20th century, mm-hmm. but th- by this time, by this been, time, it
0: wasn't. Okay, I've been watching. I, we watched too much of like the of the Nick and all those kind of period yeah. pieces. It's like crazy. Yeah. All right, this one, sus. Just s u s sus.
1: One word. Three letters, mm-hmm. single syllable. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a noun or a verb?
0: Um, can it be both? I think it's an, I think it, I, it. someone could turn it into a verb, because you can turn almost anything into a verb, it seems. I'd say it's a noun. Like, that friend is sus.
1: Is it to eat?
0: No, it's like it's a noun. Not, not a verb. Something related with food? Not at all. Um... It you when you when you find out you're gonna be like, duh, stylish, no, suspicious. I know, right? Well, it just shortened it.
1: Now I feel ten times stupider. So
0: that's that's sus. That's sus. I, I apparently that word
1: is sus. I think you made it I,
0: up. I know. My apparently though my my niece is saying it a lot, and my sister is like, pretty much over that. All right.
1: My next word is alderman.
0: Alderman, mm-hmm. taking it's not church related. No. Is it a friend? Like your cohorts, your buddies? Mm -mm. No. Is it someone you trust? No. Okay. I don't know.
1: It's a man's pot belly.
0: Like his gut?
1: Like his gut. He's got quite an alderman there.
0: That makes no sense.
1: Give him another ham sandwich and a cup of coffee. A gallon of coffee. (laughs) To put in his alderman.
0: (laughs) Huh. Okay. My next one is Stan, S-T-A-N. Stan,
1: Mm Stan is—is it a proper? Is it capitalized?
0: Well, no. I mean, no, it's not.
1: Okay, Um, is it a fan?
0: It is, yeah. But it's a stalker and fan combined. Okay, it becomes a Stan, is an obsessive fan, and some people say it's also because that Eminem video a few years ago. So Stan, all right.
1: Yeah, Eminem.
0: Yeah. Our so.
1: society can be neatly divided into two periods before and after Eminem.
0: Of course. Okay.
1: Cake eater. Cake eater. Cake eater.
0: Someone rich?
1: Mm, that's a good guess, but no.
0: Um someone heavy? No. Um I don't know.
1: A ladies man.
0: A ladies man. Cake.
1: Don't know where they get it. Okay, it's the magic of the. Okay. Early twentieth century coming back to haunt you.
0: Huh. All right, goat.
1: Greatest of all time. I
0: figured you'd get this yeah, line because that, that goes one's... back to Muhammad Ali.
1: Yeah, but I don't, he never said goat. He never said goat. They but... use it in sports sometimes.
0: Yeah, I figured and... you'd get that, but I was like, well, it might be interesting to see if he yeah. if he can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Soak. Soak. Drunk?
1: Mm Mm-mm. Um... You might do this if you were drunk. Cry? No. It's to pawn something. She soaked her wedding ring. Huh. Wow. That diamond bought a pretty chunk of change. Ten bucks.
0: That's crazy. All right. Did you have? You had another one. I think you got an extra. I had two more. Two more. See, so yeah. that was pretty much it. I do have a sidebar about when I was looking well, these up.
1: Where are your others? You have to match my list.
0: I, I don't have any In more. Quality
1: so. and quantity. <laughs> I've stumped you on all of these. Yeah. You've well, gotten, these
0: are tough. These are know. tough and these are still like the ones that are gen z are being used and you might hear them these are like Mm. i have no idea if we were to invent time travel and we went back in time i wouldn't know what these people were talking about
1: it is kind of unfair because most of these terms are extinct
0: yeah okay go ahead try the other two
1: toot the wrong ringer
0: toot the wrong ringer picked on the wrong person
1: sort of ask the wrong person
0: ask the wrong person you tooted
1: the wrong ringer on that road map they're gonna be lost for sure. <laughs> High pants, fast talkers.
0: Oh my gosh! This and is crazy. this is,
1: this one is from the military. Okay. Bubble dancing.
0: Bubble dancing.
1: Bubble dancing.
0: Uh, swimming.
1: No, it's washing dishes. Oh.
0: It sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> no. So I'm gonna to refer to washing dishes as bubble Isn't dancing. is that the way most military
1: on. terms are? They sound a lot more fun than they. They
0: probably yes yes. So is that the it? That's it for me. Okay. So a little funny sidebar. When I was looking at these, I had gone on the Google and I was looking at an article and it was talking about, you know, how to understand your kids. So I looked at it and I happened to scroll too far and I saw the term pumpkin seeds. And I was like, well, they're not even trying. What pumpkin seeds? That's weird. That was in a different article. That was also, it was like a family magazine that was also healthy snacks. So <laughs> I was thinking that there was like a term. That's pumpkin the seeds. slang
1: term for he- healthy snacks. No, now? no,
0: no. Pumpkin seeds was actually part of another article oh, okay. that was listing healthy snacks, and I thought it for a second. I was like, pumpkin seeds? Yeah, huh. Internet. Yeah, I was like, someone they're calling people pumpkin seed. That doesn't even seem right. But ac- actually, though, that's just as normal as the things you just shared with your your list. Someone guess, calling someone a pumpkin seed.
1: <laughs> I guess it's better than being called a hay seed. <laughs>
0: a hay seed. Yeah, I guess it's the equivalent. It's like the uh, the hay seeds. Uh, Wacky cousin.
1: The outlaw seed. (laughs) The one they don't want you to know about.
0: Thanks for listening to Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together.
1: We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published.
0: And if you enjoyed this episode... And you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review.
1: And please visit our website, CouplesIncPodcast.com. That's CouplesIncPodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message.
0: Until next time.